Welcome back to Marketing on Purpose. I'm your host, Michael Fennick, partner at RDB. In today's podcast, we're joined by Yakov Bozovic, managing partner and COO at The Major O, a social innovation engine that holds a portfolio of companies in the United States, Austria, and the Philippines. We're also joined by Abdo, Abdulrahman Mohammed, a serial entrepreneur with a portfolio of three startups in edutech and health tech, while serving as managing partner at The Major Oak. Today, we discuss the importance of having purpose in your work, the younger generation's outlook on impact and sustainability, and how our workforce is becoming globalized as a result of our hyper-connected world. Enjoy. All right, so let's get started. Abdo, Yakov, tell me about yourselves. Let's let's get a few minutes of background. Uh, Abdo, let's start with you. I know you you're an international marketer. You you have international footprints. I think all of us do, and that's one thing that I love about um, joining in a partnership with TMO with RDB um, and our our general relationship. But give me some of your background. Talk to me about TMO and and what what else you're doing. Thank you, Michael. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm an international marketer. I would say I'm a makeshift business developer. I would say that, that, that's what I am. And I say nice. makeshift because uh, by, by default, when I graduated, I was supposed to be a pharmacist. Like I was supposed to be a clinical pharmacist also. And I did a post-grad in children's cancer. So I'm a pediatric oncology clinical wow. specialist. <laughs> and I worked in a children's cancer hospital for three years. And wow. somewhere down the line, that just completely transformed. So I think uh, I think these are like early life career decisions that uh, that I took back around eight years ago. Uh, but I would never I would never regret it because I think it helped me develop a lot of that uh, mindset of empathy, understanding, scientific ability, research ability, and that helps me today in, in in my job to be able to help companies and to be able to help clients in the best possible way in terms of understanding their cases. I imagine them always as cases, and I need to treat that case with the best possible protocol or solution, and then try to develop that solution to the best of their advantage. So I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of uh, uh, trajectory intersections between my earlier life career as a, as a pharmacist and now as a, as a business developer. And I think that mostly happened through, through my career in ISEC or that career shift happened through my experience in ISEC that started from local chapters to living in Africa for one year, dealing with operations. So I spent time in East Africa, West Africa, um, North Africa, and then ended up being the global president of ISEC, which is the biggest youth-led organization present globally in 116 countries and mainly works in youth leadership development. I always get goosebumps whenever that organization is mentioned because I think it, it contributed a lot to my individual personal journey, uh, my own leadership development, my own awareness and understanding of what I'm good at, what I really appreciate. And it, it contributed a lot also to nurturing my humility towards understanding how few we actually know about this world. And the more I saw, I've been to 73 countries in, in, in six years. And I think the more I saw, the more I understood how few we actually know about this world and, and my passion and, and willingness to serve it um, through any type of venture that I do afterwards. And, and that's basically where, where the major role comes in. Yeah, That social innovation engine that's trying to create a positive impact on society work while creating good business. I'm not saying we're in it for the philanthropy or the charity. We're in it also for the good business. Right. And we've got a good mindset. I, I come from a similar background. I was studying biology, wanted to be a doctor, geared up for it, but found an opportunity 
uh, in Asia that I, I couldn't pass up. And that, that's what led me to, you know, marketing and advertising and product development, et cetera. Yakov, give me some background. Yeah, actually now, uh, when I was talking and about Isaac and about everything, I realized, uh, I actually met Abdo through Isaac, uh, six years ago. I was also part of an Isaac for four and a half years. Uh, I was uh, enrolled in a local chapter, then later on on the national level as well in the ISIC in Serbia. Uh, and we did a lot of projects that are related with the sustainable development goals, uh, impacting young people, and most importantly, developing young leaders. Uh, and um, right about when I was to finish my ISIC career, which was in 2016, uh, I was really in a, in a weird position because uh, I, I had an opportunity uh, in ISEC to work with um, all different uh, players from corporate sector and uh, also with the NGOs, with the civil societies. And I was having an issue to actually find what is my next step because I didn't see myself in the corporate world. On the other hand, I also didn't see myself purely in the world of you know NGO and this type of the organizations. Right about when I was about to finish with ISEC in 2016, UNIDO, which is United Nations Industrial Development Organization with the headquarters in Vienna, uh, started to create a global collaboration between ISEC and UNIDO. Both of the organizations are like really huge, as I've mentioned, like uh, over 130 countries for um, ISEC, even more for, for UN and UNIDO. Uh, and, you know, like building the bridge between those two worlds, it was really an interesting thing. And this is how I came into a picture and moved to UNIDO, where I started to actually work on that partnership. But uh, along the way, I changed also and I worked uh, on various projects that were mainly focused on women and youth uh, entrepreneurship and in the field of rural entrepreneurship, uh, human security and job creation. And this was actually how our division in, in UNIDO was called. And we had like really interesting projects like from Myanmar to Ethiopia. We had regional projects uh, for Euro -Med Mediterranean region where actually we worked with social entrepreneurs um, and on the grassroots level. And this was also for me really interesting in UNIDO because at the same time uh, we had parallel projects uh, that work with the different stakeholders. So some of the projects are working with government. So we worked on uh, creation of the national entrepreneurship strategy for Ethiopia. On another level, we work with uh, intermediary institutions. Uh, and on another, again, level, we work directly with entrepreneurs. And, you know, like this kind of having this mixture of different countries, different projects, different uh, relations and, you know, different setups it was really really interesting after those three years in in the un that this is when uh abdo mario mateo uh and the whole crew came into a picture and for me it was an instant click because um on one hand you know un was really interesting but i realized i wanted more in terms of how all of these principles sdgs impact um could be also driven in the corporate uh corporate sector and for me you know number one uh actually is a team and the people that i work with and you know i was instantly aligned uh, and actually most of them i knew from before 
um, with the whole with the whole crew, and this is what you know really drives this kind of personal satisfaction and having being surrounded by purposeful people who you know really have impact uh, uh, in the center of their heart. For me, it's a really amazing thing to 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 experience and you know work where, where I really enjoy. So yeah, that's what I find as a as a common theme. I think everyone who's connected to RDB as an agency, Almende. The work that you guys are doing, one thing that I can pull from that is that we all have an understanding and experience in international business. What's more important, I think, is what both you and Abdo had said is is having a heart behind it. It's not just doing business. So um, it's about serving people. It's about SDGs and purpose. So talk to me, both both of you guys, talk to me about one purpose. What drives you? about Major Oak and Almende and RDB and how you see all of these things coming together for, I think, a great purpose. Yeah, Michael, you're touching on the point of like purpose, right? And how, how to put purpose at the core. We fundamentally believe that putting purpose at the center is and very, very well-established, objectively, can contribute to being able to create better business. When, when I'm talking better business, I'm talking better profits, better prosperity, and a better bottom line. We foundationally believe in that, and we want to reciprocate that. So I remember when, and the first time when I was talking with, with Mario and Matteo, and we're setting up the shop, and we're like, okay, so what do you want this to do? I was like, guys, you, I want you to understand one thing. My purpose in life, I want to be a billionaire. They were like, wow, okay, so why don't you go work for a startup or like go to Silicon Valley? I was like, no, that's not what I mean. I want to be a billionaire in terms of my ability and my footprint and impact on the world. I want to impact a billion lives between this point in time and when I leave. I don't know how that's going to happen. I did a little bit through ISEC. I want to do more and I want to keep doing more. Of course, I'm not going to do that through my own hands and through touching people's lives directly, but I want to do that through doing good business, building businesses that can impact thousands and millions of lives all around the world by putting purpose at the center. And from my perspective, that's what drives me. And that alignment between all of us in terms of what are the type of clients that we want to take on, what are the type of businesses that we want to support and serve, that's what creates that clarity in direction. It's, it's the North Star. That, that North Star is always going to be the same thing. That's amazing. I, that was actually my next question, and <laughs> you brought it up and answered it at the same time. <laughs> and it's, it's about purpose and you know, impact and relevancy. Um, so yeah, at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I can make a choice of who, what clients I want to go for, right? There, there are certain things that for me are untouchable, but I think the more um, impactful for me and satisfying, it's not about me. Just like you said, Abdo, it's about how many people you can uh, impact in a positive way. And to me, that's the scorecard. So I think it's a really, really relevant point. There's a notion of outcome versus pursuit. Yakov, you, you mentioned, you know, some turning points in your career. What were the, what were the high points and perhaps where did they drive you towards where you're at right now? Yeah. High points. Um, I think this is really the high point, not because of, I don't know, the amount of business that is going on right now. And luckily it is, but from the perspective that at the moment we are focused on long-term strategies and long-term things that are focused on impact and purpose. And we are trying to see how this is going to rally uh, further on in the world. 
and again, I'm going back to that point that you know we think we really believe that the world the world is craving for the new socioeconomic model, and I'm really proud to be part of the crew that is a pioneer um, in that. And for me, that's kind of a really really high, high highest point because of all these uh, things combined. What about you, Abdo? Like I think from my perspective, like the highest the highest high. Uh, for me, was was the moment where we, uh, or it's every single moment when we approach a, a prospect client, and we're like, you know what, we do one, two, three, and four, and then the first thing that comes out of their mouth is like, you know what, we've been searching for this for a very long time. We we have that, we want to have that, we just put want to put it at the center of everything that we do. So it creates this continuous moments of high every single time you're actually doing your job. Which, uh, which is a very, very fulfilling aspect, I think, of, of, of what we do, because you know that at the end of the day, you mentioned a very cool thing, Michael. You said that there are some clients or possible, possible prospects that would be untouchable. For me, sometimes the most satisfying is to take an untouchable and making them touchable. Taking an untouchable and actually creating systemic change, because that is possible. And we've, we've, we've done that a couple of times before. Um, it's important to maintain your own moral compass, your value system clear, and bring that every single time to the conversation. If it's an untouchable that's not willing and not going to change, it's going to surface. But at the end of the day, if you use that purpose as a continuous filter in everything that you do, you're going to be able to create continuous moments of high with everything that you do. And I think that's the, that's the way that we choose also to lead, uh, to lead ourselves uh, during this journey. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, you know, I, I, take my own question and, and ponder it myself. And I think in the last week, um, we have a new client, a Fortune 500 client in the United States. The team got together, put together an approach to, to marketing their services and servicing them in, in general. And for me, the biggest takeaway was to hear the client say more than once, wow, I didn't think about that. That's a great idea. And at the same time, on the flip side, I think the the failures that you have or the wrong paths that you take are also important, right? So those to me are learnings and that provides wisdom, right? So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I know not to do that again. I think more topically in terms of, of, you know, not choosing a business partner to help and sustain for me or trigger businesses that I don't think I want to back, i.e. politics, guns, <laughs> tobacco, those sorts of things that yeah. are not sustainable, right? So Fair I mean, point. let me Fair get your point. thought on that, because I know where you, were, you, where you were going, Abdo, because I think that we can, you know, even if it's a, a, a maybe a, a crappy business proposition, we could help them in terms of listening about their product and making it better and then marketing it, marketing it better. But I think that there's, you know, a third rail that as far as looking at sustainability and culture, let, let me get your take on, on that. I really yeah. want to jump in. I'm, I'm going to jump in hard on this. Okay, so I'm, 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 I'm an MPP student, right? Like I'm an MP, I, I have a master's in public policy. So I genuinely think why not politics? Why, why, why do we shy away from politics? Why would we th think politics is something that's untouchable? Even as like looking at possible uh, political, political parties or political activists that as possible as possible clients. When you look out there, actually, a lot of activism is happening behind the doors of politics. 
a lot of uh, a lot of activism is happening behind the doors of lobbies. I'm not talking about your typical lobbies. I'm not talking here red, blue, left, right, center. I'm talking about things such as um, uh, 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 policies that are are willing to create institutional systemic change that is extremely sustainable. So looking at things such as green bonds, looking at things such as carbon tax, looking at things such as systemic change in the infrastructure when it comes to incentivizing adoption of environmentally friendly solutions. This cannot be created by corporations. Corporations can lobby for it. I'm with you 100%. But I I wouldn't say that we would shy away from politics. I'd actually jump in if we find the right proposition. I wouldn't jump in to back a specific political agenda or an agenda on arms control or or whatever that is. That's, That's none of our business. But if it can contribute to a better world at a point in time, why not do comms for that? It's about the platform, right? It's it's about the platform and, and connecting back to sustainability. So talk to me about the sustainability goals just for a background for the audience. Near, near-term and long-term goals, Yaakov, educate us. <laughs> near-term, long-term. Well, I mean, at, at the moment, everything we are focused on are actually sustainable development goals. And um, hopefully you will also read in the uh, RDB um, impact blog we mentioned there as well uh, the section on the sdgs and what i really find cool about them the 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 really whole private sector public sector i mean representatives youth uh, as well isaac i know was there international organization etc really gathered to create to dream about the, the the better world before them there were millennial goals uh, but uh, uh, sustainable development goals are really more comprehensive and uh, I think uh, really more clear when it comes to how to be focused on impact, how to measure that, etc. And for me, personally, like I think that part where we have SDGs that are time-bounded, universal, and connect you with like-minded people and organizations, this is something that altogether can really make a difference and make a change. That's why I really believe in, in them. And that's why I, th- I think that uh, every organization, every person should, should be focused on that because only together we could actually make a significant change until 2030. So let me ask you this, Yakov, and this is probably a, a provocative question, but we have the Malalas, we have Greta Thunberg, uh, for example, that make an impact. But what do you think the vision for youth are these days. So for example, I've got teenagers. I've instilled upon them, I hope, some great or aspiring goals and a way of thinking. But how do we keep that going? How do we ensure that there's not an event that happens that creates a Malala, for example? How do we keep this in in the mind of, of young people? Or do you think that if we instill it, then they'll live that way. <laughs> That's a tough really, question. That's a really tough, uh, tough and wide question. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, uh, Abd and I are, let's say, millennials. Uh, how they call them? And now, what you mentioned, like teenagers, they're more like uh, they are part of the gen set, and uh, you know, there are differences between uh, between those generations. But what I noticed, and uh, Abd can I guess also back back me up on this one, is that through different projects, through different initiatives, through 
various case studies with with young people all over the world that both of us had a chance to 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 do i i think that there there is a positive change from a generation to generation and from the ideas uh, and the initiatives that they are pre presenting and preparing uh, i really see that that they care uh, more about the impact on the world and sustainability and you know how will our, our future look like and you know if if, if you look at that also i, I think abdul and i are the examples of that generation who really took into consideration the you know like how my future employer is you know what are what what how how this what is his position or her position on sdgs on sustainability on impact is this job really purposeful and the most important important question am i doing something meaningful that will change something in my society in my workplace or wherever so uh, again i think it's really hard to answer the, your question since there are a lot of factors that are influencing you know one's perspective but if i would observe overall through different surveys different uh, analysis that are done i would say that really people and young people are changing and they are really bringing a different perspective and light on this topic and i really in in a, in a positive in a positive manner of course we can always go and find extremes both negative both, both extreme positive but if i would say overall from from my experience i think that uh, young generations are way more educated knowledgeable and actually thinking about these kind of topics to build on that, if you have sustainability goals, if you're thinking along this mindset, um, you're not only you know a better human, but more valuable to a, a company in the long run. Abda, what say you? My, my, my key thought here is that there's a very big disconnect in understanding of the new demographic of the labor force. When mm -hmm. you come to think of Gen Z, people that were born after 2000, that are tech native, bo born with an iPhone or an Android phone, to their hands glued, having an attention span of less than seven seconds because they're consuming, consuming on Instagram, on Facebook, and now on things like TikTok, these other platforms that are catering for that exact same thought. What happens a lot of times is a lot of judgment. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of judgment in the workplace. I'm not experienced. Oh, but like, you know what? It's going to happen with time. Oh, these kids spoiled. But actually, this generation is one of the most talented and most exposed generations that we have seen in the history of mankind. Why? Because they were born into a world that is extremely advanced, and they need to keep up and cope with that. Mm -hmm. So the set of skills and competencies that they have are not only equipped to be able to handle today's labor force, but a lot of them are also resilient and capable of handling future trends. They understand innovation. They understand things like design thinking. They understand things such as what's a purpose-driven business. So if you as a company are not capable of make or sh shape-shifting around that and being more flexible and inclusive, you're going to lose because you're not going to be able to bring in and attract that labor force because they understand that they own their decision-making. You get what I mean? Yeah, so no, it's, I totally uh, agree. It's a, little bit of a, it's a little bit of a different paradigm. Considering our current days, and I don't want to date this podcast, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> it's tough. But what I think it proves for businesses is that you can hire the best talent from anywhere in the world, whether it be Bangladesh. And I, we literally have a staff member on, on RDB side uh, that's in Bangladesh today and working remotely 
helping manage the US RDB agency business. And it's phenomenal. So how do you think today's world changes opportunities for that millennial workforce? I'm just going to sum it up in like one thought. Think hyper-connected. Yeah. That is the definition of what we're currently living in. Think hyper-connectivity, think hyper-speed, think a borderless world on the internet because the internet has no border. Think of an ability to utilize, a maximized ability to utilize remote talent merely for the, for the, for the, the experience that we've been through, the pandemic that forced us to be able to understand, read, learn on how to be able to do that. And it just played into the pocket of millennials and Gen Z because they've been preaching for this, preaching for the past five to six years. And now it's just a reality. Their ability to cope has also been outstanding. And the ability of companies to understand that they can get the best talent, the creme de la creme of any single competency set that they're looking for from anywhere in the world. I think, I think we're looking at a, at, a major, at, at a major shift in behavior also in thinking when it comes to that and utilizing what I would call a global hyper-connected labor force. Agree. And I think talent is talent is talent, right? So for me, as a business owner and a partner, I want to get the best talent. I want to get the best thinking. I don't care where it comes from. If, if it's from Johannesburg, bam, you're hired, <laughs> right? We'll, we'll deal with the time zones, but I think, you know, quality of thinking and just like you talked about the hyper approach of that generation or any generation, to be fair, makes us or, or delivers us into a new world of opportunities. So Yakov, your thoughts. From a personal experience, maybe I can give that perspective. We are already working for a year remotely. Um, today, we had numerous calls with people from Philippines, from Vienna, from Italy. So, you know, the, the world is going no matter of Corona and other situations. I, I personally think that Corona just supported this uh, process of uh, creating this hyper-connected world. I agree. And, and when you just said that, it, it sent tingles up my spine. So I've been involved in international business my entire life, and I absolutely love it. Just understanding cultures, especially from a marketing standpoint, for me is super interesting. But let's close this off. I know we only got uh, a couple of minutes. Anything, any authors, any, anyone that, that we should be looking for, for reading material? I'm gonna go for that. I'm gonna go for that. I'm, I'm also the recent graduate, so I need to do a lot of a lot of reading and a lot of studying. So yep. fresh on that. So I think that writers like like Yovel Harari that are capable of articulating the the current world that we're living in with such streamlined fluency, I found I find I find incredible. So I highly recommend Twenty One Lessons for the Twenty First Century and the whole sequel before looking at like Homo Deus uh, or Sapiens. Fantastic books gives you it's not just a philosophical understanding of the time that we're living in and a little bit of an insight into the future, but also a very blatant perspective on why what is happening is happening. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool to get a little bit of an insight at. Yakov, of course, you're gonna recommend the SDGs booklet by the United Nations. Oh, Yakov, yours? Yeah, uh, I mean when when it comes to books, like yeah, th th there are many and uh I mean, I liked How to Save the World by uh, Catherine Patrick, but actually I, I will do what Abdul said that I will do, uh, which is, I think that, not I know, that there is so much material out there and uh, through through the work actually Abdul and I 
worked together on one of the projects uh, in the UN where we were working with the social entrepreneurs from the Euromed region. And each and every one of them was coming and, okay, how do I measure impact? How, what, what to do with this? And actually there is like, there are so many manuals and different books and booklets. One of them actually that the, the focused on the SDG impact is coming from the United Nations. What I want to say is like, it's not always about books, but people should also be focused on different manuals that can help them to, to study on the practical things and how to actually organize themselves better and to learn how to measure that impact that we were talking about the whole time. Yeah, and I agree. So for me, it's, you know, thinking back to when I was 12 or 13, Khalil Gibran, you know, just the basics, like you mentioned, Yakov, it's, it's the basics, the classics, um, how to study, how to think and how people think, I think is, is super important. So guys, it's been brilliant talking to you. I love you guys. I can't wait for our next business meeting and new opportunities. So thank you for this podcast. So much, Michael. It was awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Take care, man. So profound. Oh, thank you so much. Ciao. Thank you so much today for listening to RDB's podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at rdb.agency and on Twitter at RBB Agency. Thank you once again for listening. We'll see you next time.